Welcome to Tank Talk, ideas that fuel your business. A Titan Cloud Software Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tank Talk, a podcast by Titan Cloud Software. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Now, Titan provides industry-leading solutions for environmental compliance, advanced fuel analytics, and facility management for their clients. And as companies begin to emerge from the shutdown due to COVID-19, businesses are taking stock of their industries and charting a pathway forward. And joining me today to talk about innovating and adapting throughout the COVID crisis, the state of the industry, and where things go from here is John Donnelly III, Chief Revenue Officer for Titan Cloud Software. John, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tyler. Pleasure to be here. Excellent. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And I, let's just start off at, at a macro level, John, and just take a look at the industry as a whole. So as we emerge from the shutdown, what does the industry as a whole look like? Just kind of give me that broad picture. Sure. Well, as you probably know, you know, Titan Cloud supports the, the retail fuel and fleet industry across the board, both across the global kind of scale here. And the convenience store industry was kind of originally designated as an essential business and deemed really a critical workforce infrastructure by the Homeland Security uh, in early March when the pandemic started. So I think from our standpoint, we felt pretty lucky in that we were supporting, you know, customers and prospects that were in this essential business sector. And so we felt that uh, if we did the right things early on, we'd be able to kind of react and adapt to uh, the pandemic in a way that would enable us to, to kind of emerge in a more healthy fashion, both for our customers and our employees and our customers. So as you look out uh, across, you know, what, what your customers have been doing and what your clients have been doing kind of throughout this time, what do businesses need to do to get demand back up to maybe pre-COVID levels or, or something that we would consider normal levels? Well, I think, I mean, obviously, from our standpoint, we took a lot of action at the very beginning of this. So, so when the pandemic started, I think uh, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, how they have a playbook for certain types of disasters in, in, in the world that have happened, whether it be the 2008 financial crisis or, or back to 9-11 days. And I've lived through all these types of crises before. And for this particular situation, there really was no kind of official playbook to go by. So mm. in many ways, companies that uh, were nimble and, and really flexible were able to kind of, you know, kind of react to the situation again, improvise and adapt. And so at Titan, we took really initial action to, as a company, both kind of reassure our employees that, uh, again, we were an essential business. And also um, from a customer standpoint, we kept very close to our customers. We had already been on a torrid growth path to begin with. And so we tried to do is say, okay, what's the most important thing we can do? We can start talking to our customers more, spending more time with them. We're also reassuring them that Titan is a very solid, healthy business, and they'll be here for the long term. So we spent a lot of time kind of working internally on realistic growth, growth plans to ensure that, again, our customers felt like Titan would be strong on the other side and that they would be kind of along on that ride with us. So Again, we spent a lot of time with that. We spent a lot of time with our uh, our investors going through you know, what was realistic as, as we looked at how we'd react to the situation and really felt like if we did the right things internally, we'd be able to, again, come out on the other side you know, in a, in a much more confident, uh, healthy fashion. So you mentioned that there's no, there's really no playbook for a situation like what we experienced. That you know nobody in our lifetimes had seen anything quite like this. You know, you mentioned other other um, disasters and other things that had happened in the past, but those were you know uh, followed maybe a different pattern and, and looked different for this particular industry. So you know, given the fact that that you were able to be adaptable, that you were able to innovate kind of throughout this time. Are there things that are intrinsic to who Titan Cloud Software is that allowed for you to be adaptable? For instance, you know, do you pride yourself on that, on that ability to be flexible and, and to be nimble 
um, to be able to respond to different challenges as they arise? Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of people are talking in the industry about kind of what's that new normal really across every industry out there economically. And so when the, when the coronavirus kind of started and kind of disrupted the world, um, it obviously, you know, closed down essentially everything, the economy as we know it, ensured that people had to work from home and really kind of disrupted the supply chain overall across our industry, especially ours. So when you look at kind of fuel pricing and fuel logistics and fuel supply, many of our customers that normally would, would acquire millions of fuel, millions of gallons of fuel a month, we're, we're, we're only buying, you know, a couple hundred thousand gallons a month. So the overall industry just really came to kind of a standstill. And I think that Titan, because we're a SaaS platform, we operate a subscription software platform for our customers, and we're able to, to work remotely, our employees could work remotely. So really kind of doing that kind of activity from, from the very beginning was really not a, a major shift for us. We were just able to kind of spend more time, I guess, kind of, as everybody was saying, living in Zoom or living on WebEx to kind of be able to react to this. But again, I think we were, like I said earlier, we're, we're a, um, a well-financed company, uh, as I said earlier, with realistic growth plans. We were able to react quickly, be able to, uh, again, work remotely, and also be able to um, you know, support customers in a, in a fashion that was really kind of was critical for them. Because again, most of our activities are done remotely anyway. Obviously, we go visit customers, we see customers kind of in person here and there. But a lot of times, the way software companies sell their products today and support them, it's done remotely already. So with, again, a SaaS platform, a customer success team that's able to answer questions, a call center, a support center like we have here at Titan, we were able to react and, and again, enable customers to feel confident and feel comfortable that their platform would continue to run, there would be no disruption of service, and that uh, the Titan would be there for them throughout this pandemic as long as it, as long as it could last. So I think a lot of times people view, you know, challenges as an opportunity to to grow and to get better. And this has obviously been a, a massive challenge. And in some cases, it's it's been hard for companies to continue to innovate and grow throughout this time. But from your perspective at Titan uh, and, and with what you do, do you feel like coming out on the other side of this, you're in a position to continue to build and grow and, and to have further success moving forward? Absolutely. I think as a company, we were on a, on a really toward growth path with high expectations when this whole thing started. We came off a very strong Q1 performance-wise with a lot of new customers being acquired. Um, our customer list includes people like British Petroleum, 7-Eleven, Circle K, XPO on the logistics side, EG Group, which is based in the UK, Hertz Davis, and Enterprise. So we have a lot of really big, large, you know, Fortune 500 customers that rely on Titan for our support and success. And so I think because we were able to you know, spend so much time doing, you know, quarterly business reviews and talking to customers, as I said earlier. Um, ironically, I think because people are working at home, we're able to get in touch with people more effectively and discuss things with people. And people just generally, because their mentality has changed a bit, they're a lot more open, I think, emotionally to talk about, you know, how they're feeling, um, what they're thinking. And in many ways, from a go-to-market perspective, we've been able to get closer to customers and closer to some of our prospects through this process. So while things have been delayed a bit, and some of our our growth plans have changed and had to be adjusted. We feel like we were able to still maintain that demand generation and that ability to continue to provide, you know, amazing thought leadership through a lot of the different channels we chose to, to work through, um, such as, you know, webinars and thought leadership papers and, and various uh, other podcasts like this, where we were able to provide customers with um, kind of a continuous flow of information, uh, education, and, and customer stories that uh, enable people to feel that Titan was in a good spot. 
So from a general perspective, when you look at everything that's going on, how do you think a company should plan for the future at this point? Do you do you operate with that assumption that recovery is going to take longer and be more about playing defense than offense? Or do you think that uh, an aggressive approach in general is is a better one to really uh, look and say, okay, let's let's take advantage of the moment and, and build forward aggressively? Kind of just a, from a general business perspective, which approach do you take and, and do you favor in this particular instance? Well, I think you know, the, with COVID nineteen, the way it started in the, in the world, I think it, it kind of it kind of took shape, and, uh, and we listened to the government, listened to CNN and Twitter and the rest of it. Um, you know, a lot of businesses, global businesses, and governments have obviously reacted differently. And I think that from our standpoint, you know, we are very lucky in that we have, uh, as I said earlier, a very strong private equity uh, investor and owner, M thirty three, based in Boston. And I think we work very closely with them and, and my management team to ensure that we built a realistic growth plan coming through Q3, I'm sorry, Q3, Q2, and into Q3 and Q4 for next for this year. I think realistically, if you look at the uh, the fuel pricing and fuel demand across the United States and Europe, it's down by nearly 50%, you know, as recently as last week in terms of what people are spending and doing. But the outlook is really strong. It was a recent article I read from Raymond James that talked about this in terms of the fuel demand and the fuel supply and the fuel kind of, sorry, consumer demand and consumer supply is, is rising dramatically. So we feel like people are going to be traveling more and the fuel demand will be higher and higher through the summer months as people probably are in their cars more than traveling on airplanes. So we feel like, you know, again, working with our investor, we, we built out a plan through Q3 and Q4 that, again, is realistic based upon the demand that we've been able to, to kind of to, to create and also to, uh, you know, again, as we looked at spending money and investing in different programs, we adjusted our Q2 spend, we adjusted our Q3 spend, and we adjusted our Q4 spend to kind of mirror what we thought was going to happen. And again, as I said earlier, because there was no you know perfect playbook for this, we were, we were thinking, well, you know, how best do we, you know, again, improvise and adapt here? We don't really know best, so let's be conservative. Let's be smart about this. Let's double down on trying to continue to talk to our existing customers, make sure that our existing business is strong and that our growth plans are realistic. And we try to you know, kind of mirror how our customers are acting. And as I said earlier, when you think about marketing and, and uh, building demand through this, through this whole process, customers, you know, eyes and ears, I think are acting a little bit differently. Yes, they're at home. Yes, they're more attentive, but people just aren't making decisions as fast as they used to. And I think, you know, if you're not realistic about that, you're going to set yourself up for failure by providing investors and other folks kind of an outlook that is not necessarily realistic for, for a company like ours. So we, as I said, work closely with M33, the management team and the rest of the company to provide, I think, realistic growth plans that, um, you know, enable us to grow appropriately um, and really, frankly, in a way that's much more predictable and uh, consistent. You mentioned your partner, M33, and I wanted to flesh that out in a little bit more detail, just how they reacted to this and how they've helped you navigate. I know you mentioned uh, just carving out that plan and and setting it forward uh, through Q4 this year. So just how have they been a partner throughout this entire process? Yeah, I think I mean, M33 got involved with Titan about just over a year ago and uh, has provided, obviously, you know, really essentially all the capital that the company needs to to both grow organically as well as through acquisitions. We've already actually acquired one company past fall, JMM Software in Chicago, to kind of help us to continue to grow our compliance business and platinum services business. And M33 essentially has provided a lot of leadership, a lot of really great real-world experience uh, from past investments to again, give us realistic growth. And I think I, th- I, keep, I, going, I keep going back to that point of, of realistic growth because most investors or most you know, venture capital firms or private equity firms in, in many cases have an unrealistic uh, outlook on how companies should grow. 
M33 has been, again, very realistic about looking at our numbers, looking at our metrics, and looking at how best we're going to manage our business. And we've also, you know, leveraged our own internal tools like Salesforce and HubSpot and various tools to make sure that we're tracking our business from a lead generation perspective, you know, customer demand perspective, customer success perspective, to really be able to forecast and predict how our business is going to grow. So we've been very transparent with our with our investors about uh, what things look like, and and we speak to them pretty much weekly about what's going on. Uh, we have lots of back and forth on, you know, what's the best strategy to take with, with different customers and how best to kind of get a temperature check, so to speak, of how people are doing. I would give one great example is that we've got, you know, a lot of customers in the rental car uh, industry, and obviously those companies were hurt pretty dramatically throughout this whole process. Hertz recently just filed chapter 11, as you probably have read about. So uh, they're a big customer. Avis is a big customer and so is Enterprise. So we've worked very closely with them to provide additional services, additional support as they get through this process. In many cases, they've, you know, furloughed employees or laid people off. And so we try to get close to them to make sure that they feel comfortable that Titan will be there to help them with their compliance needs. Because even though the, the pandemic is taking place, the EPA is not standing behind and not uh, looking at how people are managing compliance across their, their networks, across their underground storage tanks. So, you know, Titan has been there for our customers and, and maintains that uh, relationship very strongly. And then 33, again, it's just been, you know, really close to us uh, all along the way. And our relationship with them is excellent. And I feel like uh, in many ways, that's pretty unique in terms of having an investor that looks at things realistically and wants to grow with you. You know, they're in this for the long term as we are. And so, and we're looking to grow the company in a really nice way here that, uh, again, goes back to reality of the situation we're dealing with. So you mentioned earlier just that, um, you know, that, that being a, a software platform, that, that allowed you to have that flexibility and, and the ability to really do a lot of work from home and, and have a lot of employees that are active while still maintaining safe social distancing practices and things along those lines. So what has remote work meant for Titan? You know, is it simply just the idea that, that work was able to continue throughout this time? Um, and what does it mean for your customers and, and for the future of the company that this was able to happen? Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I think because, you know, I mean, I, I live in Boston, the company's based in Nashville, uh, we have employees kind of all over the country now. So, you know, we view remote work as kind of just something that kind of has already been in place for a lot of the software industry. And obviously, our customers are spread all over the world. So from our standpoint, you know, jokingly living in Zoom and living in WebEx over the last few months has been certainly something we're used to. I think the key, the key thing, I, as I said earlier, is to continue to kind of you know, talk to employees internally, have lots of internal communication. And so at the very beginning of this, we spent a lot of time at the very, at the very front end of the, of the pandemic saying, as I said earlier, making our employees feel reassured about the company's health and, uh, and kind of financially and from an employee kind of HR perspective, want to make sure people understood that we were thinking about everybody and making sure that people felt safe at work or safe at home working, whatever it may be, um, and really making sure that we did a lot of that work up front. So we did that from an HR perspective. And again, as I said, you know, because we're already doing a lot of work remotely, it's not been a difficult situation for us to kind of react to. So we've been kind of lucky from that standpoint. And, you know, again, working remote to us is, is relatively normal. You know, just as you're describing that, what what you're describing, just the fact that the company is based in Nashville, but you're in Boston and you have, you know, employees across the country, That that's one thing that I'm I'm interested in seeing just as 
we move forward from this, if more companies uh, adopt those types of strategies, just in seeing that, hey, talented people can live all over the country and we can still all communicate through Zoom and, and use these tools that we've been using throughout uh, the COVID crisis anyways. So, you know, th- this being a method for, for companies to build forward, just from a general sense, not necessarily Titan related, but do you feel like that's something that can, that, that can continue just based on what you've seen at Titan and how much success you've been able to have utilizing this model? Yeah, I think ultimately, if you're hiring the right employees and the right athletes, so to speak, and to, to, to bring into the company, then you're obviously hiring them because you feel some level of trust with them. And obviously trust, you know, happens over time. But in our case, we have a lot of really strong employees that have been with the company for a long time that we trust. And then a lot of the new employees that have joined, you know, have tremendous backgrounds in the software and enterprise SaaS space. So we know that they've got this kind of, you know, experience before. And so from our standpoint, just that, that constant, you know, ability to communicate, um, talk about you know situations. Talk you know a lot, a lot lot of internal meetings. I think help us to you know communicate the strategy. Talk about the strategy more and just spend time kind of just communicating again, both through email, Slack, voicemail, you name it. We're, we're already we're, we're already doing this already. So from our standpoint, it wasn't that different. And because you know I'm based in Boston, a lot of my teams in Nashville have kind of spread all over. So again, like I guess we're already used to doing it. So from a productivity standpoint. I think what you do lose, obviously, is that, you know, fun in the office and going to lunch together, things like that. But that'll all return. We know it's going to happen in the future. So we just basically put things on hold, um, realize that in order to kind of, as I said earlier, improvise and adapt, you, you better do that quickly because if you don't, you'll be in trouble. And so we believed early on that if we didn't do this and really you know, kept the pace and momentum going, as I said earlier, that we had before the pandemic started, you know, we we, uh, we didn't want to look back on this and say that we made some mistakes or kind of stood still and we're caught flat-footed here. We wanted to make sure we reacted quickly and tried to, you know, adjust and, uh, and again, kind of adapt to what's going on and improvise where we could. So as I said earlier, we did different programs and spent a lot of time on you know, how best can we continue that momentum in a way that we feel good about. So we feel like we've done a great job doing that, you know, building demand for, for new customers, as I said earlier, and also, you know, talking to our existing customers, again, a lot, probably even more than we already do. And so that to me has been something that you know, I, th- I think, frankly, we're going we're gonna to emerge, you know, in a more healthy way. I think the nice thing about this or what it's done for the industry and certainly for our customers is that people seem to be a lot more honest and forthright about how they talk about things now. I think before there was always this constant game of here's the vendor, here's the customer, and there's a lot of, you know, gamesmanship going on between, uh, mm-hmm. you know, different, different folks. And so from our standpoint, at least from my standpoint, I'm seeing customers, they're just a lot more transparent about their process, transparent about their about their situation. And just generally, we're seeing uh, the ability for people to communicate uh, just, just more effectively, I think, has taken place. I think it's been in some ways a good thing as we get back to work and get back to traveling and get back to being uh, with each other. Hopefully, there'll be that you know, level of trust built up both internally and externally that will help Titan to be that much pro- more predictable and that much more successful going forward. Right, right, absolutely. So as you talk about going forward, you know, let's cast our eyes a little bit more towards the future. What is the forecast for the industry and Titan as we continue to move forward? We've, we've talked about how, you know, you feel like the company is set up for success moving forward and you were growing so rapidly and, and you feel like that can continue into the future. Just kind of give me a forecast for the industry and, and for Titan uh, going forward into the next several years. Yeah, I think from, from a Titan's perspective, we feel really good about uh, the kind of our go forward plan. As I said, we spent a lot of time and effort um, reinvesting in our demand generation to uh, kind of provide, or I guess, build up that demand for the rest of the second half of the year and into 2021. And I think ultimately, you know, most companies are assuming that they're really going to recover probably sometime in early 2021 in terms of the ability to really get the business back on track. 
our our business is probably no different than that. Certainly, we're going to be you know very very excited about growing in Q3 and growing in Q4, but it won't be easy. It's going to be harder to predict because people, again, um, you know, every state's operating differently. Every customer's in a different state or different country. So it will be hard to predict it, but we feel like we're in a good spot to certainly um, have a reasonably good year this year. And then obviously be very well positioned for, for continued growth in 2020, 2021 from an overall growth perspective. Absolutely. Lots of, lots of twenties, 2020, 2021, lots of, uh, 20s to discuss, but yeah, <laughs> That's right. absolutely. A- absolutely. Well, John, this has been a, a really good look just at the state of the industry in general, and then the steps that Titan cloud software took to continue to be successful throughout this time. And so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today, walking me through this process and how you were able to innovate and adapt throughout the COVID crisis to come out on the other side, still in a position to grow moving forward. So thank you so much for joining me today here on tank talk. Thanks so much, Tarlo. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Tank Talk. We appreciate it very much. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you go subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts these days. And you can get previous episodes of the podcast and stay aware of future episodes that are coming up here in the near future. Like I said, I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back soon. But until then, stay safe and have a good day.